Welcome back, everybody, to the Fantasy Hockey Hacks live on Edmonton Sports Talk. I'm Devin Davidson, your host. With me, as always, Bruce Gunther. Good evening. Tyler Holman. What's going on? Just fantastic timing, as always, my friend. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, of course, we are a proud member of the Heavy Hockey Network. If you're looking for some great hockey content throughout the season, uh, make sure you go check them out, heavyhockey.com. And of course, we will be streaming this show to their YouTube channel or our YouTube channel over at uh, youtube.ca slash heavyhockey. Uh, we've got a, a special episode tonight. I'm really excited about this one. We've got tons of stuff to get through, so I'm not going to yammer for too long. But we have a special guest joining us as part of our regular rotation, uh, host of the Cream of the Crop Fantasy Hockey Podcast and co-host of the Apples and Genos Fantasy Hockey Podcast on Sunday nights. The man himself, the legend, the unit, Blake Kramer. Blake, how you doing? Good day, good sirs. Oh, I'm doing very well. Damn, that intro music jacks you up. I was rocking over here. Oh, my goodness. It, it got me going, too. Well done. Oh, my God, I feel amazing. <laughs> yeah, uh, Michael has done a pretty fantastic job for us producing and, and making us look less like a bunch of hacks. So we're... <laughs> we're... <laughs> you yeah, might have to change the name, boys. Yeah, yeah, we might have to. Well, one day we'll graduate. We'll see. Um so like I mentioned, we have a regular roster that we're going to have on the show. Uh, last week, we had Jason Chen from the Hockey News. This week, we've got Blake. We'll have Nate coming on from Apple's Genos at some point. Um, Flip Livingstone, Ian Gooding, and who am I forgetting? Uh, I think that's it. But anyway, so really excited. It's going to be a good show um, and a good setup for the year. Uh, just a little bit more casual than what our typical Sunday night podcast is going to be. So just more of a roundtable discussion. Um, I'm looking forward to how those, those episodes are going to go in season. But uh, Blake, you've been busy this summer. You've you've been you've been everywhere, man. Buddy, yeah, it's uh, it's a blessing and a curse. Um, you know, the blessing is I feel like I've really got a good pulse on what the hell's going on with fantasy hockey. The curse is I use my podcast voice in my personal life. All right, it's a problem. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, I just sound like a game show host at all times now. Yeah, my wife is just fed up with it, so I don't know. But uh, yeah, no, it's been a, it's been a great summer. You're like a method actor. Hey, you're just never out of character. I'm getting right in there. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man, that is perfect. Uh, so for tonight, we got lots to talk about. We're going to kick it off with a bit of Oilers discussion. We're going to talk about uh, cream of the crop player projections from Blake himself. Uh, so we'll go through Blake's top five at each position. We're going to talk about general straf- draft strategy and observations. Uh, we're going to get through an ADP battle and finding value in the draft if we have time. But uh, I'm not going to bank on it. So, uh with no further ado whatsoever, let's get into it, boys. Edmonton Oilers discussion. So uh, training camp and stuff has kicked off. There's actually a few things we could talk about today. Um, most of the noise that I saw today online seemed to come from Toronto and Winnipeg. Um, Blake, what are your thoughts? Obviously, Willie Nylander, uh, good, bad, or ugly? What do you think? Yeah, just just strange. Uh, just an unexpected bit of news there for sure. Like, you know, they've trialed it in the past, and it hasn't been – awesome it, it's just i mean i don't know you get a new gm in there uh, what i read is that it's tree living who's kind of like pushing forward a little bit but i don't know whatever they're they're the professionals we're just you know we're just hacks right but it, it seems <laughs> it seems strange right his his value is still going to come on the power play but yeah i don't know what that's going to look like uh um, with nylander at center there and, and i mean this is the time of year where you tinker with that stuff and you try it and i i don't see it sticking personally i don't know why you put Nylander on your third line uh, and, and he hasn't, he's played 10 games at center, someone said. Yeah. So probably not uh, likely to stick there. And then the other one um, was Velarde playing on that top line in Winnipeg with, uh, with Shifley and um, 
He was on the left side there, Kyle Connor. So that I mean, that's going to be a fantastic line. I think for for Velarde, that's going to be really nice. I think he has a real chance to have a breakout season. Uh, I, I thought that before, uh, but now if he's going to get that deployment on that top line, I really like it. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I uh, Nate and I kind of went back and forth on one of our podcasts uh, in our projection show when we were talking about Winnipeg. He projected Cole Perfetti for more points, and I projected Gabe Velarde for more points, and we had a little back and forth, and I think I'm up on him right now. I think that looks pretty <laughs> damn good. Um, you know, <laughs> so I'm excited about Velarde on that top line, but what the hell, Nikolaj Ehlers, oh, damn, can they put this man, they, they're just, they will not put him on the top line. It's it's like, I don't know what Rick Bonus's problem is. He's a ding-dong, confirmed. Uh, yeah, they they just don't like him, and I'm, I'm going to give some credit where credit is due because my man Tyler here, uh, pretty much said he was fading Nikolai Ehlers. Um, I think on multiple occasions, Tyler, you just said there was just no way he was going to get that deployment. What do you think? Did I say that? You did at one point, yeah. Yeah. Whether it was on stuff. air or not, but yeah, you did. I, you, you were like, no, there's no way. <laughs> I forget that. Forget stuff just like I forgot my password to log into this. Um, <laughs> but I, for some reason, he just hates him. I, I don't know. I That's it's somebody that I'm going to, like if he's there late, I'm going to take him. I'm sure we'll have somebody auto drafting him way harder than he should be but yeah that's a later pick for me Fair just enough. sad just sad yeah. r.i.p nicolaj ehlers what the heck crushing all of our dreams um that's fine okay what we really want to get to here though is is the edmonton oilers because this is an edmonton based uh, radio station here so let's get into a little bit i wanted to talk about evan bouchard first uh and and of course blake i'll go to you here where does he stand to rank among defensemen for you this season? Uh, he's got an ADP of 76.1, putting him somewhere in the seventh round. The public has him ranked 12th among all defensemen. Is that too high or too low? What's, what's your take on Evan Bouchard for this season? Um, yeah, I'm very excited about this player. and But on different formats like Yahoo and Fantrax, he's, his ADP is wildly different, right? Yeah. On Yahoo, he's, he's whatever you said there, like 78th or something. But on Fantrax, he's in the 40s. He's like 41 or something like that. So to me, like he's, it, it's a risky play for sure, but it's a risk that I would love to take because, I mean, who the hell is coming for this man's power play minutes? I don't see who's going to do that, right? So to me, 12th is too low. I've got this guy ranked probably as my ninth ninth best defenseman for fantasy in the league here and yeah 12 seems too low um it just his deployment and his ceiling is insane right so to me like a seventh round bouchard is like major value um he's running the best power play in the league period all right no one's coming for that spot as we said um you know I, it's still a risk but one that i think i would personally take and i just don't see how this man doesn't like walk into 60 points it just seems like an inevitability you know with a with a headroom for more so i don't know uh, where you guys at with bouchard yeah, for sure. I think we've got him projected maybe more conservatively at, uh, I think it's 16 goals and 62 points or 64 points. Um, now you, you look at what he had done in the playoffs and you look at what he, like, I think there was from March 1st. So when he took over power play one until the end of the season, he was over a point per game. Like he, he's going to have a really good year. He's going to fall into 60 points, probably like you said. Um, what, what did you have him projected for? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I've got my projections up here. I think I had him for 68, something like that. Um, right. It was interesting because Nate and I were going back and forth in our projections too. He was he was a little bit more bearish on him. He had him for like 61. Okay. So I had him for 68, and I thought it was going to come out a lot higher. Like I think his ceiling, like legit, this, this guy could get 90 points, right? I'm not saying he will, but I mean, if everything breaks right, the way Edmonton's power play was last year, like 
I think Edmonton's power play is going to regress and still be the number one power play in the league. You know what I mean? That's how good it was last season. Like it was just stupid. Right. So, but you know, I think 68 is reasonable. This guy has decent perifs to hit some blocks. So um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with Bouchard this year. Nope. Makes sense. I think we're all on the same page there too, in terms of the power play, it's not going to be 32 and a half percent again this year. Like that was a historical power play. So, um, but you're right, probably somewhere in that 28 to 30% and still be the top power play in the league. Uh, lots and lots of value to be had there. Tyler, uh, how bullish are you on Evan Bouchard? Like 40 in the forties seems like much more of a risk, obviously. Like, are you, I, I don't know if I'm comfortable taking Evan Bouchard at an ADP of around 40. So first question, do you like that? And then my second question is, can he be a point per game player this season? I don't like that, but I'd probably do it, but <laughs> <laughs> no, well, you're doing it. Tyler. Yeah, I know I am. <laughs> Um, I, I think the projections are pretty good just based on the fact that power play one, like there's nobody else. Like he said, that's like, you're not going to put nurse there. You're not going to put anybody else there. Um, as long as he doesn't get hurt, um, he's going to get secondary assists by accident basically. So, um, I would, I would kind of bank on that 60 points for sure. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so we'll leave it at that. We've talked about at length, actually, this summer, Bruce, you and I, uh, about Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Evander Kane this this offseason. Um, yep. We've got one guy as a bounce-back candidate. We've got another guy uh, due for some significant regression. RNH projected for 82 points and 26 goals. Kane for 70 points and 35 goals. Um, so, Blake, I, I'd like to get your thoughts. I know you're, you're, um, you're pretty bullish on Evander Kane for next season. But maybe tell us what your thoughts are on RNH. What's your what's your projection for him and how you know how much regression can we expect from him? Lowered expectations, right? <laughs> yeah, this guy, I mean, I like your guys' assessment of both players, right? Uh, we this guy's gonna regress. I think I think that's common sense, right? Um, the question is how much, right? Um, so he clocked an insane 15.887 on ice shooting percentage last year. Dear God. That was number one in the league, right? And driven by, you know, those crazy power play numbers, right? But damn. Uh, also, his personal shooting percentage, he just went ballistic on that, 18.4%. That's a career high. So I just don't think that's the player that Nuge is. Um, you know, everything broke perfectly for him. It's awesome to see, but I'm not banking on it, all right? Um, I got him for 79 points. And even that feels a little bit high for me, but he just got 100 points. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's yeah. kind of... You kind of have to give him the benefit of the doubt there. Like he had 53 points on the power play. Like, okay, that's going to regress, but regress to what? 40? Like 30, <laughs> 35 even? That's still elite. So, um, you know, it, his previous career high, as you guys know, 69. All right, that's a nice number. But uh, I do feel that he's really carved out a role. It's totally secure, lucrative, right? Um, yeah, that's sort of where I'm at with Nuge. And you guys know I love taking a gander at Evander. I do that. All right, I love that player. Yeah, I, I, like we've got him for 35 goals and 70 points if all goes well. And if he stays healthy, that's probably us wearing our Oilers rose-colored glasses. But, I mean, what's your projection for him? Can he can he hit 30 or 35, or is that just too much for you? Yeah, no, I'm. that's where I'm at with Evander Kane. I think we haven't seen what this guy is capable of, right? Because there's always something. There's always something with Evander Kane, whether it's off ice or it's on ice last year with the injuries and off ice. I mean, buddy, come on, let's just play some hockey. Let's get to biz. Okay. Um, but I think, you know, if he's, if he's full bore, just in that top six, 
I think 35 goals is reachable. His shot and chance generation elite, as we know, right? He, he's, he's among the best in the league at those attributes, right? Those metrics. So, um, yeah. yeah, I just like the player. And like we talked about, I was on your guys' show a little while ago. If he gets any power play time, you know, give him another 10 points, right? So that's in the wheelhouse as well. And my projection for Kane is 65. And that's with a bunch of headroom. If that that's with like no power play time. So if he gets power play time, bump it up, right? He could get 70. He could get even more than 70. I really like the player and I like the team and I'm from Vancouver. So what the hell? <laughs> I'm sure that was painful for you. Um, Bruce, I want to, I wanted to ask you about uh, Connor Brown or Dylan Holloway. Who has the better season in 2023, 2024? Oh, it's going to be Connor Brown by a landslide. You're big on Brown this year. Hey, I am. I think Brown coming off. Yeah. Last year, the injury kind of sucked. He only played what was it four games. I think the whole, whole season. Yeah. But you look at his history before that, I, I think comes in, he's going to play. I, I think he's going to play somewhere in the top six and, and he's going to produce, he's going to put up, I'm, I'm guessing probably 50 to 60 points on as a floor. And then depending on how things go, go from there. I don't, uh, from what I seen from Holloway last year, I don't know if he'll get to 40 points this year. I really don't know. I think he's going to be on the third line and I just don't, I don't think he's going to get much more than 40 points. That's probably a reasonable expectation, Bruce. Uh, Tyler, is it kind of time for Holloway to put up or shut up? Like where are we at with Dylan Holloway? I don't think it's time yet. He hasn't had uh, enough, enough playing time and definitely not in a, any playing time he has had. Hasn't really been in a spot for him to to produce. Um, I think he's going to have a great season. I think it's going to be a little bit closer um, to Connor Brown than, than what Bruce thinks. Um, I just don't – that's a lot That's a lot of points for, for Connor Brown after not playing for basically a full season. So, And I think Holloway is going to be in a good spot with some injuries coming out of camp. Could Holloway play – on that top, like, could, you, could we see Holloway on his offside on the top line at some point, or is that not going to happen? Yeah, I don't know if he really fits with McDavid. I think he'd probably be a better fit with Drysdale on the second line. But, um, okay. yeah, I think they—he's the first person they're going to put in there. Okay. And news came out today that uh, Matthias Ekholm is going to miss a chunk of training camp, preseason, whatever, uh, with a hip flexor issue. Tyler, any uh, any concerns over the the, the big Viking? Uh, not really. He's a Viking. He'll be fine. More concerned about <laughs> Sam Gagne and his hips. Yeah, I'm not playing yeah. in camp, but well, I, I think a lot of us sort of expected that, right? I I don't. Um, he's just kind of a locker room guy. Like it was just sort of a a morale acquisition, really. What what we all thought it was going to be. Um, but I, I mean, we talked about it a lot. So I'm curious to see what happens between the other PTOs that are coming into camp here. So my morale went up when he when he signed that PTO. So definitely worked. Mine did too. But yeah, no, for <laughs> sure. I mean, we we all love Gagne, right? And he's a good and, person. Yeah, 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 we and we hope that he comes back and can play some games and and be an influence in the locker room. But uh, not unexpected anyway. Uh, Blake, how do you see the goaltending situation playing out in Edmonton this year? You got Jack Campbell. I mean. He can't be any worse, right? He had a right. pretty bad start in Edmonton <laughs> last season. Uh, Stuart Skinner was fantastic, just shy of 30 wins. Give us your breakdown for this year. 
I don't break down goalies. Oh my God. I don't do that. And we'll talk about that, but you know what? I think Jack Campbell's going to bounce back. I think it's not a cut and dry situation there in Edmonton. I mean, you guys might know a little better, but you know, Skinner is still unproven and, and faltered at times, you know, important times last season. And Jack Campbell's better than what he showed last year. This is a much better goalie and they've locked him into, you know, a reasonable contract not reasonable. It's reasonable money for him. Right. Uh, <laughs> but they paid a bunch of money for this guy. So I think it, it behooves them to let this guy get in the crease. I, I think we're looking at a one, a one B situation and I'm not exactly sure who's one a, I think it'll probably be Skinner to start, but we could be looking at like a 55, 45% kind of split. You know, they might just ride the hot hand and that sucks for fantasy because I think Skinner would be a lock, you know, as a, as a goal you want to pick up here because the team is so good and they're going to get wins, but you know, you, when you got Jack Campbell there, like it's not, it's not cut and dry, is it? No, no, it's not. Um, Bruce, any, any thoughts on that between Campbell and, and Skinner? How do you see that situation playing out? Uh, I'm seeing it pretty much the same way Blake is seeing it. I think it's, it's going to be Skinner is going to start and then Campbell bounces back and plays well. It's going to come very close to a, a 50, 50 split by the end of the season. And then when it comes to playoffs, they'll have to make a decision on which way they want to go. Okay. Uh, last Oilers related question here for you, Blake. When do we see Connor McDavid's ceiling or have we seen it already? Like, is there any way this man can improve on 153 points or whatever it was last year? I think so. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've projected him pretty high. I think I've got him for 144, but I mean, he just keeps surprising me. Right. And he's he, like far and away the best player in the league. So it, it's really, a, um, it's funny in fantasy. I find I never talk about Connor McDavid. So you ask me a question about Connor McDavid. I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, like, you know, because I'm always trying to analyze the value players and like later on, you know, Connor McDavid lock, he's going to be number one. No question. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, well, just look, look at what we saw out of this guy. Like, I think there's more there um, potentially, but I mean, everybody on the team kind of redlined, especially in their, their efficiency, right? Everyone had career years. So it makes sense that it's going to regress a little bit, but I mean, if he got, you know, over 150, 160, that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, this guy's, this guy's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're, we're seeing things the same way here. Like we've got him, I think projected for 140 points and 53 goals. Right. And I, I know Bruce, you were, um, you thought that's a little bit low and Tyler, I think you were probably around the same, but, um, you know, that's probably a good segue into the next segment that we wanted to get into here, which was Blake, your projections. Um, so you've got, we've got a link here and actually I should, uh, I'll send this to Michael and just have him put it in the description for the, the live stream or in the, in the YouTube video, um, for anyone that wants to take a look at him. And then of course you can go to Blake's, um, Twitter or X profile. And I believe it's pinned to your profile there, right, Blake? That's right. I've been using brand X. All right. And I got my, uh, got my projections <laughs> up there. So, um, yeah, that was a, that was a really fun thing doing projections because you guys do projections as well. Don't you? We do not uh, like you've got a spreadsheet set up like this and we have a spreadsheet we use internally, but we don't post it. Um, it's a bit sloppy to be honest, but um, we, we've got, we've got all of our projections. Actually, you can find them over at heavyhockey.com. We I put one article out that has all 32 teams, uh, team previews are there. All the player projections are there. So I, there's gotta be 250, maybe 300 player projections there, Bruce. Uh, pretty close. If I look yeah. at the spreadsheet here, it tops out at, 282 
There you go. So it's yeah. Good gravy. Oh my god. I don't think I did 250. All right. That's that's insane. How so what is sorry, I'll, I'll ask you a question really quick, Devin. How how do you guys do your projections? Like how do you kind of break it all down? What what are the metrics you use? Like how how do you go about making your projections? So, yeah, for me, I, I just look at deployment team situation. Um so it's it's just expected time on ice for the season. And then I look at historical numbers in terms of points per sixty and time on ice per sixty and and like points per sixty shots and goal per sixty. Um, and then just whatever's occurred in the off season, right? So if I make adjustments up and down that way, um, so it's not a perfect science by any stretch, but I mean, our, our projections seem to be, you know, it's, they're sort of in line with, with what I've seen from a lot of other people, I think. And we'll talk about that here, you know, shortly, but, um, our projections are, I would say fairly close to what you, we've seen from you, at least for your, your top five at each position anyway. Nice. Yeah, it's a it's a fun thing to do, isn't it? Have you guys been doing that for a while? Like, because this is my first year doing full projections, and what a grind it was. But like I said uh, right off the bat, like I feel like I got a good pulse on on what's going on, like with these players, right? Yeah, it's it's actually been a really helpful exercise, like you said, just to understand what's happening around the league and with different players. Um, we we've done projections. I think this will be our second year, Bruce. We didn't do it the first year. I think when we kicked things off, but last year we did. Um, and I'd say yeah. this year is probably more accurate, Bruce. What do you think? Yeah, because I think you did them manually last year, did you not? This year, we uh, I built a spreadsheet because I wasn't doing it manually. That was not, <laughs> not happening. I, I would not run do- through it. Yeah, yeah, it was silly. Spreadsheet <laughs> makes it much easier. Yeah, yeah. Nate Plug made my numbers and boom, there, there it go. is. Yeah, Bruce has been automating our lives recently, so there that's good. Go. <laughs> uh, okay, so Blake, let's get into it. So we get top five centers, top five wingers, and your top five defensemen and your top five goaltenders. Um so let's let's just start at centers here. Obviously, Connor McDavid, number one. Uh, Austin Matthews, number two. Nathan McKinnon, number three. Leon Dreisel, number four. And Jack Hughes, number five. Did I get that right based on your... Yeah. Well, just as a caveat here, so these are these are projected fantasy point leaders with a certain type of scoring system, right? That's uh, the Kakupful Points League scoring system, right? Okay. Um, if you're not aware of the Kakupful, it's a, the Keeping Carlson Ultimate Fantasy League. Um, they have a pretty standard scoring system, and so that's what you're looking at there with those fantasy points. So this isn't exactly the way I would rank my top five, but in that scoring system, this is the way that it comes out for the top five for the top centers, top wingers, top D and all that. So just keep that in mind. Uh, the other thing about couple scoring is it doesn't account for power play points. They don't actually count it in their league. Interesting. So yeah, it's, it's a bit weird, but it's standard and they've been doing it for years. So everyone's used to doing it. So, um, you know, if I'm like on the spreadsheet for my projections, you can actually add in the power play points, whatever the total is, you can customize it to whatever your points system is. Right. So just keep that in mind. Um, that's what you're hearing with these projections and I'll, I'll, you know, correct it as I see fit here, but yeah, th- this is roughly the five best centers. That's for sure. Okay. For sure. I, Austin Matthews at number two. I mean, I, I actually, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm pretty bullish on Austin Matthews yeah. this year. Like I think, and we'll talk about that in a little bit here too, but um, he's going to have a, a much better season than he did last year. Oh, big time. Yeah. I mean, to me, there were some well-chronicled issues with Matthews and his uh, wrist, right? And that's going to affect his shooting, right? And that's what happened, right? He just wasn't as efficient last season. So uh, he definitely brings it though, right? He led the league in blocks from the forward position, Austin Matthews. What? And then (laughs) I guess it was second, Elias Patterson. Huh? Yeah. Oh, it, oh my God. Um, you know, it doesn't make any sense. It's like two of the best players in the league and they're just taking rubber to the face on the regular. So that, that's showing no good, but, uh, Right. Hey, can you calm down guys i remember i had matthews in three spots last year i was like 
stop blocking shots. All right. Get the <laughs> hell out of the way. Let somebody else do it. You know what I mean? Buddy? No. All right. We need you on the ice, but um, yeah, he still had a 94 point pace uh, last year, even though his shooting percentage was way down from 2021, which is 17.2%. Um, mm. He was 12.2% last season. So his career average is like 16. It's almost 16. So that's going to come back up. IPP was down as well. So that's going to bump back up. I, I just think last season was a valley in Matthew's career. And I fully believe he's going to kind of climb back up. Uh, and the addition of Tyler Bertuzzi, uh, Matthew Nyes up top, you know, those are both line upgrades to me, whoever plays. Uh, I think they're upgrades on the bunt cake, Michael Bunting. Get the hell out of my sight. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I am with you 100% for sure. Uh, Jack Hughes got Jack Hughes number five here. That's, um, I mean, I love the player. Um, top five. You're damn right, you love the player. Oh my god, come <laughs> on. No, sh- shot shot rate is phenomenal with this guy, uh, and he's gonna he's gonna, that top six in New Jersey is absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Silly. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Jack Hughes to me, it, it's different, right? Depending on your format, right? A category league, you, you don't you're not gonna take Jack Hughes like he can fade a little bit, right? Because he's a dancing boy. He's an old cowpoke. He doesn't, uh, you know, really hit anybody. He just twirly whirlies around him. Um, so, <laughs> but I mean, in a points league, like this type of setting, I'm very high on this man. No question. Like you said, shots and chances. Uh, he's elite at that. And I use those as predictive tools when valuing players, right? As you guys know. So he shows out. He, I mean, he was six overall in shots like over 60, ninth overall individual scoring chances for over 60. Damn. All right. And then I also, something I've been using lately, I don't know if you guys ever look into stuff like this, but um, all3zones.com, it's uh, Corey Schneider. He does this thing called microstats, which are like, um, it, it's like chances off the rush, uh, transition play, you know, zone entries, things like that. Like, have you guys ever looked at Corey Schneider's work? I took a brief look at it recently, but I, it's not something I've used all that often to date. It's wild stuff. Like, it's yeah. really, I mean, I'm still trying to figure out how to use it predictively, but it just gives you a good idea of what you're, you know, what type of player this guy is. Like, is he generating chances off the rush or is he like a four check kind of guy? Get in, four check, set up, shoot. Like, and uh, Jack Hughes, uh, according to Corey Schneider's model, is the number one player in uh, chances off the rush. Like, that's ridiculous by far. Like, so, um, to me, I just, that, that gets me excited. You know what I mean? <laughs> Giggity. Um, you know, I just, I think a player like this, like you watch his highlight package too, Jack Hughes. Oh my God. Like he just, everything he does to me seems sustainable and his shooting percentage in particular, I think has a little room to grow. So, you know, I, uh, I, I would consider taking this guy at five in a points league. I'm not saying I would, I'm just saying I would consider it. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Tyler, any thoughts on that top five? Like, how do you view Austin Matthews this year? Are you as bullish on him as Blake and I? Yeah, I think I am. Um, 63 goals, a lot of goals. I think if he's healthy, I think he could do it. Um, and I think he kind of wants to show, uh, based off his season last year, that, that he's still the goal scoring king in the league. So yeah, I, I, I still like him there. Perfect. Not that I like him, like him, but like him there. <laughs> what about his mu- what about his mustache, Tao? Do you like that? I mean, it is pretty good, actually. All right. Yeah. You know what? He's obviously I, using some product in there, a comb. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I don't know if it's long enough for a comb. It's definitely creepy. Definitely gets points yeah. for that. Hard to look yeah. at. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 The creep game is is high for sure. Uh Bruce, any any thoughts on the top five centers there from Blake? No, they look good. I I love Jack Hughes. Love Jack Hughes. All right. Uh, we are approaching our first break here. We're going to take a couple breaks here tonight. So just before we get there, though, I wanted to mention uh, we've got 
Connor McDavid here. So I'll just give some projections quickly. So Blake Scott McDavid at 145 points, 54 goals. Our projection is 140 and 53. Matthews, 111, 63 goals. We've got him at 100 points and 62 goals. Uh, Nate McKinnon, 120 points and 49 goals for Blake. 115 points, 42 goals for us. Dreisaitl, 129 points for Blake and 50 goals. 123 points and 51 goals for us. Uh, and then Jack Hughes, 111 points and 45 goals and 103 points and 47 goals for the Hacks. So I, I don't think we're we're that far apart, Blake, uh, at the end of the day on most of these, but... I'm, I'm bullish on everybody. Every projection <laughs> I come, comes out, it's like, I, I'm, I would never win on the prices right. Just, no, eh, way over. Like, way oh, over. God, I'm sorry. That's okay. I, I like these projections. They're great. Um, okay, we've got a little bit of time here. We can maybe just start on the top five wingers here. So I'm just going to rattle them off really quick. David Pasternak, Matthew Kachuk, Kirill Kaprizov, Miko Rantanen, and Jason Robertson. Um, any surprises here? I mean, Kirill Kaprizov, his ADP at Yahoo anyway is 15.2. I mean, is he a little... Like, obviously, I know you like the player. Bruce, I know you like the player. Uh, yeah. Blake, walk us through those, uh, those wingers quickly. Yeah, I mean... There, like Kaprasov to me is major value. I think he's a borderline first rounder. I wouldn't take him in the first round because of his current ADP, but I've got him projected for 104 points. Bang! Like there's no one else in uh, um, in Minnesota to to go right. And Boldy's on the second line there. I, I just really like the player. Um, and then you know Matthew Kachuk. I love hearing that this guy's fully healthy and ready to go. All right, we are going to take a break here shortly. We'll be right back. All right, and we are back chatting with Blake Creamer and the Hacks here about draft strategy, observations, projections, all that kind of good stuff uh, as we're, you know, training camps opened up here and, and we're approaching preseason. This is just a magical time of the year, hey, Blake? Dude, it's sick. I was stoked um, today. Like, I kind of... it. I, like I've been focusing so much on the episodes and the content that like just some of the, the tweets, the uh, posts that were coming out on X today, like just about training camp opening, all the coaches talking, even that bit, like that Winnipeg, that Toronto stuff. Like, I love that. Like, okay, now we have some actual data. We can like start extrapolating what might be happening. Right. Um, yeah. Cause I feel like I've been going for like two straight months just on what I think is going to happen right now. I want to see what actually is happening and then I can make alterations there, but it was, a, it was a really good day. Yeah, for sure. And like I said earlier, I'm really excited for the season to start and for us to have current events and some things to talk about on this show, you know, as opposed to just the, I mean, and projections are fun and, and, you know, talking about draft observations and stuff is great, but um, I'm just ready for the season to get started. All right. So Bruce, I know you're loving this top five here for the wingers. Like <laughs> I know you're a big Caprizov fan. I know you love Jason Robertson. Um, we're we're a little bit bearish, I guess, compared to Blake here on Jason Robertson. So, are, are we selling him short, Bruce? Should we have him at 107 points, or or what's your thoughts on Jason Robertson for this year? I uh, I, I like I like where he's at. Um, I sure love to see him get to 107. I'm just not sure he's going to get there, but that, I would sure love to see that. I would love to see it. He got 109 uh, last year, Bruce. What's going on? <laughs> I just I don't know. Right around 100 points. It seems about it seems about right for for me anyway. I like it. Okay. Yeah. All right, uh, Tyler. Any thoughts on that top five wingers? I can't remember where I took Robertson last year, but I think I got him pretty low. I don't think that's going to happen again this year. No, it's not. <laughs> no shot. No. Nope. Remember Robert, about, uh, had, like, that issue with the you know he, his contract wasn't signed. I stayed away from him too. Like, is that what you were sort of thinking too, Tyler? 
Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, he held out there for a little bit. I might have even picked him up. I don't even remember. But he was definitely a steal. I still lost. But <laughs> a better player, so. Oh, man, Seventh okay. round. Yeah. I remember that because you picked him like three picks before me, and I said a few words after you picked him. Oh, yeah. Seventh Sorry. round, J-Rob. Oh, my goodness. Wow, that's amazing. That. That's Sorry incredible. Uh, Miko Rantanen, I, I had him last year. Fantastic season. And I think he did that with McKinnon out for long stretches, right? So if you've got a healthy McKinnon this year, um, and, and Jonathan Duran going to be a real impact player, right, Blake? <laughs> All right. I'm, I, yeah, this, this man cannot put the puck in the net, put the biscuit in the basket, my man. Jeez. Like he had, you know, what, what do you have? Like two goals last year and like zero the season before something ridiculous like that. So, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not really big on like the, the Connor Brown to Edmonton and the Jonathan drew into Colorado, like that kind of, you know, that connection. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it's a nice story and Connor Brown, I think has a better pathway to some points, but drew and like now that they signed Tatar there and you know, like what's, what's his role going to be. I, I just don't, I don't see how he's anything but like a third, fourth liner with like maybe power play too. So yeah, drew and get the hell out of my sight. Uh, thank you for your service. <laughs> I, I see it a little bit differently. I think he's going to have a very short leash to start the season. And if it doesn't pan out, it doesn't pan out, but uh, you're, you're absolutely right with the addition of Tatar there. Uh, that, that position was in jeopardy right away. And then I, cause Tatar is great five on five, like he, and he's shown that in his career. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. And I know you're big on Ross Colton too. You and Nate oh, both. Yeah, buddy. Um, although yeah, Tatar getting signed this, what are they doing to me? Like, just give me, <laughs> give me 15 to 16 minutes of Ross Colton, please. All right. Let's see what this man can do. He's one of the most efficient scorers, you know, per minute in the league, like get him out there, you know? So I, yeah, that kind of, that hurt a little bit, but I mean, he's still going to be great in bangers leagues. And, you know, if he gets any time in the top six, like, you know, we'll be able to see what this man can do. Look out deep sleeper for you there. Deep sleeper. All right. All right. I'll run through the projections here really quick. Actually, before I do, I wanted to ask you about David Pasternak. So he's still going in Yahoo at an average of 3.6. Uh, I'm not sure where he's going in fan tracks, but I have concerns about Pasternak in like in a team setting, right? I think in terms of his shot rates and everything else, Pasternak's going to be fantastic. He's probably going to play with, you know, Marchand and, and wh whoever, but I mean, it's just, I have concerns. I'm not taking him third overall. Like I'm just not yeah. going to have Pasternak this year. Cause I'm not taking him to that position. Yeah. To me, it's a bit of a reach. It doesn't make sense to take pasta at three when you got Matthews there. Um, McKinnon dry like they're all in there. They all need to go before this man Kachuk. Maybe, you know, Kachuk and pasta. That's kind of a conversation to me, but I mean, he's obviously going to be required to do everything for the Bruins this year, but you said, yeah, shot rate, chance rate, huge, right? That's not going to be a problem, mm -hmm. but uh teammate production might be a problem. Right. Um, although like he played most of the season with Pavel Zaka and, you know, the winger of the week. Right. And he still like had an amazing season. So uh, he doesn't really need Marshawn or Bergeron to, to do anything for his own production. Really. I mean, helps on the power play, obviously, yeah. but uh, yeah, with Bergeron gone, that's whatever. But to me, pasta, he, he really redlined, right. At even strength, uh, both his luck metrics, IPP shot percentage, they were, uh, you know, his IPP was 82%. Yeah. that's that's uh you know that's, that's not gonna little, last that's a little spicy and then 15 percent respectively you know uh shooting percentage at even strength so uh, just when that happens when someone gets career highs or their red line we have to take notice right because it's probably going to come down right we just have to think about that he's still going to have a great season i've got him projected for 102 points and 56 goals but you know i think what we saw last year was peak pasta delicious 
Yep, we're we're right there with you. I guess we're not that bearish on him at 98 points and 51 goals for us. So he's still going to have a good season, but I just don't like him at that ADP. Um, Matthew Kachuk, 113 points and 45 goals for you, Blake, and 112 and 40 for us. So we're, we're right there with you in terms of total points. Uh, it's really interesting, just the you know career trajectory for this player. It's just not expected, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, well, that's not normal, right? New face in a new place usually equals like, you know, half a season to get your legs, right? Not this time. Paul Maurice is like, here you go, buddy. Here's the keys to the city. Go have a Coke and a smile, <laughs> all right? His, his ice time went up two and a half minutes. What the yeah. hell? Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. So um, I think we can expect more of the same, right? The top six there in Florida is loaded. Um, and I, you know, I've said this lots on my own pod, but like um, Florida was not efficient last year. Uh, at even strength right they were second overall in scoring chances four per 60 but they were and first overall in shots four per 60 florida was and they were only 20th overall in shooting percentage right that 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 show ain't no good all right so that <laughs> says to me that on ice shooting percentage uh for a lot of these players in the top six in florida is going to rise kachuk's included and maybe his shooting percentage as well so we could we could see even you know more from kachuk he's a gamer he does it all and i think that he's totally earned this adp here Okay. Uh, Kaprizov, 104, 52, 100, 100 points and 47 goals for us. Miko Ranson in 106 and 53 and 100 points and 45 goals for us. And then Jason Robertson, like we said, 107 and 48 and then 98 and 50 for us. Uh, so that'll do it for our top five wingers. Let's move on here to defensemen. Tyler, you're going to love this. Roman Yossi, number one. That's your guy pretty much every year. How early are you going to reach for this player this year? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> this year's not the year. That's right. Bouchard's, my, chest, buddy. Bouchard's <laughs> my guy. Bouchard's your guy. Okay, so we're, he's taking Bouchard in like the third round. Got it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess, Blake, maybe walk me through that. So you got Roman Yossi, number one, Kale McCarr, number two, Dougie Hamilton, number three, Montour, number four, and Dolene, number five. Keeping in mind, those are the cupful settings, and so power play points don't count and, and all the rest of it. But uh, just walk us through those five players quick. Yeah, sure. I mean, to me, Makar is the number one off the board, right? Not Yossi. Makar is number one. That's There's no qualms about that. In this scoring setting, blocks are, are rated pretty high, and there's no power play points. So that's why Roman Yossi is probably um, up here, right, as number one, right? And he shoots a lot more than, than Kim Makar does. So that's probably why he's rated here higher in that setting. But, you know, potato, potato, whatever. So Kale Makar, to me, I got him for 90 points, 25 goals. I think it's a clear, he's a clear number one. And I, I like his ADP at 13.7. I think that's still mm. value to me, right? And I've seen him fall a couple spots even from that, right? So um, I, I'm really big on value over replacement. And I love, if I can get a guy like Makar or Yossi in the second round, oh man, I'm loving that. I'm really loving that. But, you know, it has to be at value. Like to me, Yossi, you know, his ADP is 47. That's insane. And yeah, this guy might, might be one of the best values of the entire draft. If you're getting Roman Yossi in, in at the beginning of round four, damn, like give me the trophy now. Thank you very much. Uh, Cause I think he's going to have a really big season. I got him for 77 points and 23 goals. Um, yeah. Montour is it really kind of a crappy one because of his injury there. He might not even be back until December. Right. So I would definitely boot him out of the, out of the top five and probably throw in, you know, Eric Carlson or Miro Heiskinen or someone, someone like that. Right. But um, I was excited about Montour. I don't know. What, where are you guys at with these guys? For me, like I, I'm gonna fade. I've, I've, I like Roman Yossi, obviously, but I'm not as high on him as Tyler is. Obviously, um, I don't like the Preds this year, like at all. And so for me, 
he just doesn't have the same appeal that he has in past seasons. I mean, that for me, Kale McCarr, I've, I've taken him once or twice over the past couple of years, obviously first or second defenseman coming off the board. Uh, and you're right at the turn or in, early in the second round is great. Um, mm. Dougie Hamilton, I, I think is going to have a great season. I, I think we're all hyped up about the Devils. So um, yeah. that's a D-man I'm kind of looking at. And Darlene's going to have a big season too. That's another team that everyone's talking about is the Buffalo Sabres. So I do expect some big things from him. We've got Darlene for 76 points and 16 goals. So very similar to your projection of 73 and 14. Um, same thing with, with Dougie Hamilton. We're not quite as bullish on the goals. Like I, 23 goals, I can absolutely see it. We've got him a little bit more conservatively at 17 goals and 72 points. Um, similar to McCarr, 87 points, 23 goals. So uh, Bruce, what's, what's your take on Yossi for next season? I he's never around when I want to draft him, so I don't really have to worry about it too much. It's either Tyler <laughs> takes him or someone else takes him. So, sorry, Bruce. Uh, so watching from where I do, I I love him. I I don't mind, but uh, I generally don't take defensemen before the. Well, I've only ever picked one defenseman before the fifth round, and that was with Adam Fox, I think, two years ago. Otherwise, I I pick all my defensemen later. Well, that's something I want to get into in more detail here, uh, I think, in our next segment here, guys. So we'll we'll save that for now. But, yeah, I think that's an interesting discussion with defensemen this year for sure. Uh, okay, let's just run through goaltenders quick. I mean, you know, Blake, you got to take your medicine, buddy. Time to talk oh, about goaltenders. All right, that's fine. <laughs> can you crush it up on a spoon and put jam on it? <laughs> I, I can do whatever you want. Yeah, sure. Oh, <laughs> Virtually, I'll just God. send it over. All right, that's nice. Uh, okay, so your top five here, you got Igor Shosturkin, Ilya Sorokin, Andre Vasilevsky, Jake Ottinger, and Linus Allmark. Um, right away, I'll just say, like, I don't like Allmark this year. I don't like the Bruins. We've all been saying that for the last five years, and it just hasn't happened. But I I, I actually see Allmark having a sub-920 save percentage this year, and I hmm. think that Swayman could could steal a share of the net, whether it's 50% or maybe a touch higher at some point. But um, I'm really big on Jake Ottinger. Love him for this year. Dallas is a wagon. Uh, I think Vasilevsky's getting overlooked i think a lot of people are kind of passing or fading tampa this year and and he's actually had time to rest now right so that that could be a difference for him i don't like sorokin for much or uh, as much in terms of wins because i think they're gonna be harder to come by for the islanders uh especially compared to igor shesterkin or, or jake ottinger so that's kind of my take of those top five but what do you think yeah i mean i'm the thing is i'm not getting any of these guys like anywhere so that, that kind of sucks. So you know what that does for me? I just chop it off. I'm like, okay, those guys get out of my sight. Like, I don't even think about it. So it is kind of fun to talk about it, though. Um, you know, to me, I totally agree with what you said about Vasilevsky. I mean, this guy's played a ton of hockey. He's a true workhorse, and he's been going deep in the playoffs, you know, for years. So um, I'm excited to see. I, I'm low-key excited about Tampa Bay. I think they were just, you know, running on fumes last year. So I like him. I mean, probably out of these five, truthfully, I like, I probably like Soroka the best. Um, because he's, I, you know, his win totals will be comparable. He might not beat these guys in wins, but his rate stats are going to be ridiculous. He's shown that throughout his career. Plus he's a workhorse. Now this guy played 62 games last season. Varlamov. No, he's the, he's the backup now. Right. So it's not, it, it's not going to be an issue. I think that was the only reason Sorokin went a little bit later la, uh, last season because yeah, we didn't know what the situation was with Varlamov taking, taking starts, but it's the Sorokin show now. And this guy is He's dynamite in, in the net there. And I think the Islanders are going to be a little bit better. They made the playoffs last year. Weird. 
what, how did they do that? Like, I, I don't even know. I was like, the Islanders were in the playoffs last year. Oh my God. Um, Thank you. Bo Horvat. Oh yeah. Get yeah. That. No, we didn't have to bring up that man's name. All Sorry. Right. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. Sheesh buddy. Who talked that? Who talks Yang on Canucks fans? All right. We're the friendliest fans in the league. Come on. Give it to me. Probably the most annoying fans in the league. The most tortured. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, but yeah, of these guys, yeah. Linus Olmark. No. That's in the top five. That makes no sense, right? That's people chasing performances. So, yeah, I'd probably take Sorokin and Shesterkin. I think those are the top two there. And I love Vassy. And, yeah, like you said, Ottinger. Um, Dallas is great, and he's he's the man there. So um, it's, a, it's a nice environment there. I like those top four goalies. They're just not going to ever be on my team. <laughs> All right. Uh, Bruce, Tyler, anything to add to that? Is there one of those guys you like more than the rest? Tyler, I'll go to you first. Yeah, I think... I think Shesterkin, just because I think New York's going to have a good season. Um, and then second would probably be Ottinger for me. Uh, he's got a career 9-16 in his early career already. He played 62 games last year, so uh, I don't see anybody taking starts from him there. Agreed. So I'll just make sure I take him ahead of you then. <laughs> uh, Bruce, what do you think? One of those guys appeal to you more than the others? Uh, for me, it'd probably be Shesterkin and Ottinger, although that's way too early to take goaltending for me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very, uh, very loyal zero G guy. So uh, almost to a <laughs> fault last year, I think. Nice work. No zero G zero D. Zero yeah, G, zero I just, I, well, actually, that, that's that's kind of how it goes. Yeah, I take I go forward heavy and then D in the middle and goalies and stuff at the end. That's how I've. Generally it's a done it. So pretty safe strategy, Bruce. So guys, that this seems like a pretty uh, good time to uh, to move into that discussion. Then, so obviously, I wanted to talk about general draft strategy with Blake and, and you guys, uh, as well as some maybe observations and player discussion that we're seeing kind of early in mock drafts. And Blake, you've been busy this summer doing you know ADP battles and lots of mock drafts and all sorts of stuff. So uh, I'm sure you'll have plenty to add here. Uh, we've got about. 12 minutes so we should be able to get through this discussion and then uh, do the ADP battle uh, in our final segment so I'm just going to kick things off here with this question what are some of your personal favorite fantasy hockey resources to get ready for the upcoming season um oh yeah there's a ton man I love first off Dauber like frozen tools is something I use all the time uh so definitely get into frozen tools natural stat trick is another one I love that um what else do I use here? Uh, but like, uh, I, I love the articles that you guys do and uh, shout out left wing lock as well. Uh, really nice site. Nice. Uh, uh, to look at and great information but above all else i think if you want to win your fantasy leagues you got to be on twitter slash x all right you got to all right it's non-negotiable right um you know when i was getting into fantasy a wise man once told me you don't need to be active or post on twitter right just get an account start following fantasy hockey people analysts yep. beat writers other analysts and, and team pages and just set your notifications on yeah. And just get the news, right? Um, that's something that if you do that, you're you're beating like 90% of fantasy managers right off the bat. You get a major advantage just by being engaged, right? You get all the updates on your lineups, your injuries, your goalies, and then you can make decisions in real time, right? So um, yeah, you want to pounce on those waiver wire league winners ASAP, right? And that's how you do it through, uh, through X. So um, yeah, also there's amazing hockey pods out there that uh, you should absolutely be listening to. Fantasy hockey hacks. Oh my God, get it in your life. What <laughs> on repeat see how long you can listen to it all right there you go 
I, I would also throw apples and genos and cream of the crop in there, Blake. So Boom. make sure you listen to those ones. But you're right. There's tons and tons of great fantasy hockey content out there for podcasts, YouTube channels. Um, but I agree. Twitter or X, that's been one of my most valuable resources throughout, like in season. The number of times I've snaked Bruce or Tyler or somebody else to the waiver wire <laughs> based on just a tweet that a beat writer or an analyst put out. Yep. And and I had notifications set and I found out right away and was like, hey, yeah, I got to get this guy started tonight. So um, definitely a valuable resource. Left wing lock. Obviously, we've got a you know a previous relationship with Mike. Um, so he does lots of great content. And uh, truthfully, a lot of the stuff that we do on this show or talk about on the show is is things that we learned about and talked with Mike. So it's just his draft kit is is one of my favorite. I, I lean on that pretty heavily every year. Dauber hockey. I, actually, I should mention two here, guys, quickly. Uh, we've got four ultimate fantasy packs to give away. So um, if you want one, you better DM me. Let me know. I got four left. So um, what else? Bruce, Tyler, anything else you guys lean on for getting ready for the season? I, Bruce, just, listen to, I just listen to you all and just make notes on which players you talk about <laughs> and make sure I pick them one round before you take them. And then I'm pretty happy. That's, That's what this is, isn't it? You guys are just sniping each other, like just in a show right now. You got little notes going on there. Yeah, I, don't, I think that's probably at least half true because it's happened yeah. the last couple seasons. Definitely, that is that is my that is my secondary goal. The first goal is to win. Second goal is how to piss off Devin in fifteen rounds. <laughs> the, I, there was one year that I had never left the draft so frustrated in my life, but Bruce sniped me on literally <laughs> yes. half the picks in the draft. I couldn't believe it. It's the worst. It's traumatizing. Oh, still have PTSD. Um, Tyler, anything that, uh, you know, something you look at, read, whatever. I think that's why we don't even have draft parties anymore together. <laughs> One of the reasons is we can't could all sit be, in the same room and just could steal be a brawl. everybody else's players. It would definitely end up in a fight. Uh, I honestly, I don't do a lot beforehand. Um, I probably should do more. I use leveling lock all season, Twitter, X, whatever it's called. Um, the only reason why you snipe anybody before me is because you were probably first in the waiver wire, but, uh, <laughs> I seen it too. I seen it too. Suspect. Right. Suspect. Suspect. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> All right. Uh, Blake, what is your general draft or general strategy heading into standard redraft league? So uh, are there specific players or positions that you target early and are there specific players or positions that you avoid? Um, yeah, it's different every year. So I, I try not to get too married to a strategy, honestly. Like, And for me, it's not so much about specific players that I target. It's more about values. Like, I want to get players at value. Um, I do like to get, I mean, a, a light strategy that I use. I like to get one of the top tier D-men to meet with one of my first three picks. I try to do that, right? Um, preferably be my third pick. I, You know, unless I can get Makar or Yossi in the second, like, you know, then I'll, I'll probably just end up waiting. But I think value over replacement is an important consideration when you're drafting. And, you know, whether it's a scarce position or like right wing or elite D-men, right? But that said, I'm, you know, I'm always going to go or, you know, for the most part, especially in the first five or six rounds, I'm going to go best player available. And then I'll try and figure out the strategy on the back end, right? Like yeah. sometimes a player's just staring you right in the face and you're like, 
I have to take that player. Like I can't just go value over a place. Like I, that, you know, I got a beauty player right in front of me. Like I have to take it. Right. So I'll fix it on the back end. So that's kind of what I do, but you know, I have like spreadsheets and I like for a lot, a long, uh, sorry, a lot of years I used to have paper, like, and I would just cross yep. it off stuff like that. So, um, I'm a little bit different now. Like I've, I do so many mock drafts and like I've just ADP analysis that I know where all the players are. So I don't have to like really, do too much there but yeah getting a, a top tier d in the first three picks is something that i try and do and then you know centers as well like i'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that but you know fading centers is a legit strategy because there's so many right there's yeah. so many good ones later on um so you know i would say that i try and get wingers with my first couple picks if possible but sometimes it's not like when you're in the first half of the uh you know if you have picks one to six like you're most likely going to end up with a center right one of those good centers so um yeah that those those are two kind of basic ones right there but i'm just i just make sure that i'm ready to adapt yeah zero g G. and zero g all the way for sure yeah Yeah. um it and two just where you're selecting is going to impact like you said just kind of let the draft come to you right just you got to be open to whatever's going to happen Sometimes, depending on who you're drafting with, and we've seen this lots in our our drafts, is like somebody will take someone early, and you're not expecting that, right? And and he passed on someone who you value more, and so you just have to be prepared to kind of change up your strategy. Um, Tyler does it all the time with Oilers players. I, I I will never have an Oilers player unless I am gifted the first overall pick because I just I'm not prepared <laughs> to take Evan Bouchard in the third round. So it's your own, it's your own fault. It's your own fault. <laughs> He's about to pop off. Yeah, for sure. But I, I think there's there's a lot of truth to what you're saying, like right wings and and elite D men. You want to try and target those, I think, early if you can, um, because centers like in the mock drafts I've done, it's there's there's so many good centers that you can honestly you could have four or five almost elite centermen by the end of the draft if you wanted to. Um, yeah, it, it's frustrating, isn't it? Like when you're kind of in the back half of your draft and you're like, I already have four centers and I'm looking at like six really good centers that I'd like on my team. So it's like, yeah, and I have ah, no wingers. I, I need some wingers. So then, you know, sometimes you get that guy that's center right wing eligible if you're lucky. Um, maybe I grab a guy like that. But and then I've noticed there's lots of value to be had, too, in terms of defensemen in the the mid to later rounds. Like you're getting guys like Shea Theodore and and Thomas Shabbat and, and like all these guys are kind of. 140th 150th in in yahoo anyway yeah i mean it yahoo is really um different than fan tracks right fan tracks you you kind of have to take your d early right um because the the positions are so different right the, the adps are so different so on yahoo yeah you can you can wait a little bit you can you can pull the bruce strategy and just round five <laughs> and probably still pick up some beauties right some yep. Um, some, you know, second tier defensemen there around five and later. So um, I love drafting on Yahoo because there's so much value to be had. Fantrax is a bit more nerdy. There's more nerds involved in Fantrax and you have to be really a bit more on your toes. There, There's a lot of hardcores in, in Fantrax. And, and to be honest, um, this is going to be the the first time I'm actually using Fantrax this season. So I'm in that Dynasty League with Victor Nuno. And it's actually a pretty slick app, but I just, I've never used it. Right. I've always been Yahoo or ESPN. And so this will be interesting. But you're right. You, Yahoo, especially early in the summer, like in August, those ADPs are just wild. Um, I, I would say this time of year, they're getting better. Like when training camp opens and people are actually using Yahoo, I, I feel like they're a little bit more accurate. But still, obviously, a big discrepancy like Evan Bouchard, 40 to 75 or 76, right? Yeah. There's still some brutal ones. Like guys like John Carlson is like a 90th. You know what I mean? Um, Nikolai Ehlers is like 150, 
Some you know, of them are Boone, nuts. Yeah. Boone Jenner is like 180. What? No. Right. Like, well, yeah. It was, <laughs> we were talking about that on Twitter. So I was like, I, I, we noticed that Boone Jenner was undrafted in Yahoo still. And it was obviously that's not accurate. Somebody is going to take, if you're playing with anybody that knows anything about fantasy hockey, they're going to grab Boone Jenner. Yeah. They should. Right. I went and ordered my Boone Jenner t shirt, Blake. Buddy, that's amazing. Yeah, you know what? I forgot I even had mine. It was like underneath a pile of laundry, and I just it was there for a long time. Then I was cleaning. I'm like, oh, a Boone Jenner shirt. I should have worn it today. That's that's a that's a missed opportunity on my part. All right. Uh, what is the best selection you made in terms of value or performance over the past couple seasons? Best? Oh my goodness. Um. Well, t- I'll, just, I'll go to last season. I picked up um Braden Point and Tim Stutzla. I had them. First off, I was in 10 leagues last year. So I had uh, Tim, Timmy Stutes and Braden Point in like four leagues. Um, it was awesome, man. And like, you know, both those guys were available around like 100, right? That That's crazy stuff. So um, I was really happy about that. Also, I remember I, I drafted Hellebuck in his first Vesna season. Like, I, I think I might have, I don't even think I drafted him. I think I picked him up on the wire or something like that and just rode him to like one of the first, uh, you know, fantasy victories I had in a certain league. And it, it was so awesome. So yeah, I got a lot of love for Connor Hellebuck, even though I'm, I'm not really big on goalies, but th- those are probably some of the biggest ones. Braden Point and Timmy Stutes last year. Ridiculous. And Pasta. Oh man, he was going at 20 last year and he yeah. finished it like third overall. That's insane. Yeah. Big season from him. Um, yeah. Lots, lots of value there for sure. Uh, okay. So we've talked about zero G a little bit, maybe tell us a little bit more about it. Like some people think it's, it's like Bruce, you, you pick your goalies in the last two rounds. Uh, <laughs> not, not all the time, Bruce, I'm kidding, but it's extreme zero G that was last year. That was yeah. last year. last three picks of the draft for my three goalies. Like I kind of view it more as, as like your fading goaltenders and you can, you can push it until the 10th or 12th round or, or later if you, if you choose to. Right. But I guess it just depends on your, your tolerance and your league settings, but how do you look at it, Blake? Yeah. So I know we're short on time here. We're going to go to breaks, but I would love to talk a little bit more about this after the break. But the basic idea is spend less draft capital on goalies than your league mates period. So there's no hard and fast line, like a oh, wait until round 10, nothing like that. It's like, Spend less draft capital on goalies than your teammates or than your league mates, right? And I, I you know, I'll definitely kind of get into that a little bit after the break. Okay. Uh, any general draft strategies or or words of wisdom you could impart in thirty seconds or less? Oh my! I wrote a huge paragraph. What are you doing to me, David? <laughs> ah, you know, I, I could probably just waste this, uh, twenty seconds here. But um, one thing I will say is understand your league settings right? Um, it's really important when you're drafting, you don't just follow the ADP. You got to know what the, what you're drafting for points, leagues, cats, leagues, all that stuff. So yeah, definitely understand that. Okay, perfect. Uh, we got five seconds here. We're going to go to a quick break and we come back. We'll talk about zero G and draft observations. All right. And we're back. Here we go. Uh, Blake. Yeah. I kind of shortchanged on zero G there. Sorry, buddy. Uh, <laughs> okay. Before what? we get to that yeah. though, <laughs> I just want to ask you really quickly, what was the worst selection you made over the past couple seasons? Oh, yeah. I was hoping you were going to skip that question. All right. Um, yeah, <laughs> let me. So worst selection I ever made uh, was was actually a few years ago. I took McKinnon over McDavid for pick one. All right. Um, oh, that boy. was, you know, I thought I'd get <laughs> cute, right? I had just won two in a row in my home league. I had first overall pick. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go with McKinnon. I think I read an article on ESPN or something. They're like, yeah, there's an argument to be made. I'm like, yeah, 
You're damn right. McKinnon's the man. McDavid, get the hell out of my sight. Um, yeah, no, I ended up losing the home league in a close one. I got second. McKinnon got injured that year for a bit, and McDavid did McDavid things. And I will never do that again. Uh, funny thing is, I got first overall pick in our playoff pool as well, and I picked McDavid, and they got bounced in the first round by Winnipeg, and McKinnon won the cup. So what the hell? It, like, basically, the moral <laughs> of the story is don't get first overall pick, all right? And if you do, just for the love of God, pick McDavid. I don't know. Playoffs is a different animal, but geez, yeah, that was that, that one hurt. I, I respect you for coming on an Edmonton-based uh, radio station yeah, and no. saying you did that. <laughs> would never do that again, all right? Geez. Oh, love it. Okay. Um, let's get back into zero-G, because I, I definitely didn't give you enough time to, to flesh that one out. So just give us give us the the elevator pitch for, for zero G as a strategy. Yeah. Um, so like I said, spend less draft capital on, on goalies than your league mates. Um, to me, there's, there's instances of these goalies that are available later on every single year, right? Like look at your Vezina trophy winner this last season, Linus Allmark, right? <laughs> like I picked him up on waivers in two leagues waivers. He won the Vezina. So, you know, to me, like, I think it's starting to catch on a little bit though, the zero G because even you see um, all those goalies and the four goalies in the second round there on Yahoo and in uh, fan tracks, they're going even later, right? Like uh, Vasi and Chester can have ADPs of like 50, right? So it's starting to catch on a little bit. So it's, it's kind of closing the gap a little bit, but I think if you're spending draft capital on one of these goalies, there's, there's data, there's hard data that, that Nate has done. He's done some studies and he does it every year that they don't reach their draft position. Right. So um, every time you're picking one of them, it's like you're, you're losing to the fantasy manager that that hits on one of these later goalies because someone will always hit on one of those later goalies. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm imploring you, I think, you know, <laughs> if you can wait a little bit. And again, it doesn't mean you just fade goalies till whenever and you have to pick up like, you know. Carl Vamelka vegetable lasagna. No, you, I mean, you can. Right. But you could. Like, you can you can still pick up goalies in round eight, round nine, round ten. The basic idea is when they become value, right? Like mm-hmm. you know, a player like Connor Hellebuck. If Connor Hellebuck falls to the ninth round, you're probably going to take Connor Hellebuck, right? It makes total sense, oh, yeah. right? Definitely. But Connor Hellebuck to me in the fourth round, third round, I'm not into it, right? Because there's so many guys later on, and and that's where I kind of like to do my analysis on those goalies that are available later on in those situations. And there's a ton of good ones again this season. So yeah, zero G basically, you know, just wait, get get uh, load up on a stable of studs, mostly forwards at the beginning, and get your goalies later. Okay, so I kind of wanted to expand on that a little bit because i mean there's lots of goaltenders we can talk about late in the draft and so i want to talk about a few of them um like joseph wool jack campbell cam talbot you mentioned krell Melka, or any of those guys of interest to you in a zero g draft strategy um sort of you know sort of. i would say like uh, of those four i'd take vegetable lasagna for sure Carol Melka. Yep. um yep. you know he was 12th in the league in saves last year 12th Right. So um, he should have a greater workload this season. I, I do like Connor Ingram, the backup there, um, you know, to maybe take some starts, maybe not this season, next season. I think Connor Ingram's probably the guy they're going to go with, but I think um, this is Vimelka's team this year. And I think Arizona is going to be marginally better. So he could get a few more wins. Right. But he's still going to face a ton of rubber. So um, it's interesting to zero G like, if you look at goalies, there's rate stats, guys like Sorokin or Philip Gustafson is a great example of like someone who has great 
rate stats, but he didn't play a lot of games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think in zero G, you can pick up these volume starters, right? Guys like Bennington, guys like Billy Huso, guys like, you know, uh, Vamelka, right? John Gibson, even I've seen Nate picks John Gibson up at some point every year. It's ridiculous. I'm like, what are you doing? No. Um, but you know, <laughs> he basically, it's like punting those rate stats, right? And then you kind of just go for, um, the other stats you need, but yeah, I, I mean, Talbot, I'm not sold that. I, I think he's going to be the backup there. That's my thought. Like they didn't invest a lot of money in Talbot. I think, um, Phoenix Copley is going to be the one that's the one a there in LA. That's just my thought. So I'd rather have Phoenix Copley, Jack Campbell. I think he's going to be better, but like you said, it's going to be like a 40, uh, 55, 45 split in my opinion. So I think there are better zero G options. Joseph wall. He's just the backup in, in Toronto right now. I could see a, a world where he becomes the starter, but I'm, um, you know, he'll probably be on the wire. So when he does become the starter, just go pick him up. You know, for me, zero G, the best zero G goalie out there, Jacob Markstrom. Get this man on your team. Oh God. It like his ADP yeah. is something stupid. I don't have it right in front of me, but you can get him in like the 13th, the 14th round. This is a volume starter on a team that is clearly going to bounce back. I, I There's no doubt in my mind that Calgary is going to bounce back. They were great last year um, in a lot of metrics, right? Besides their efficiency, right? They, they couldn't couldn't put the puck in the net, right? And they had Ding Dong Daryl as their coach, right? Get the hell out of my sight. He's gone. Um, I just, and Huberto, right? This guy needs to, he needs to be the focal point of the offense. I think he will this season. They brought in a new power play coach, Mark Savard. He's going to make that power play hum. Um, I'm big on Calgary this year. And I think one more year of Jacob Markstrom, he's not as bad as he was last year. So that's my big zero G target. What do you think about that boys? Come on. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. I I think, um, Michael said, "That's a lot of a lot of Calgary love for HHN." Yeah, Tyler. Didn't love oh, sorry about that. Sorry about that, everyone. Full disclaimer. But but I will say this: I know Tyler has taken Jacob Markstrom in the past as a zero G option or a late round pick. Right? It might have been the year that he got some Vesna consideration. Tyler. It was yeah. Nobody else was looking at him. And of course, then he fell off a cliff the next season. But I think <laughs> you know the the biggest issue in that in that dressing room has been taken care of, and that was the coach, right? So I mean, that's things are going to change. I think they'll be better this year. Um, I still think the Oilers broke them, just so we're clear. But um, they will be better. Yeah. I really like Dustin Wolf. I think that guy's going to be an absolute stud, in, whether it's this year or in a couple years. But look out because uh, he's the next guy there. Um, I wanted to ask you too about a couple other young goaltenders. So. Devin Levi, uh, Piotr Kochetkov, and Carter Hart. Are those guys being overdrafted, in your opinion? Like, Devin Levi's going in Yahoo at 91.9. There's no guarantees he gets a starting position. We've talked about this lots. Bruce, you had said you kind of think that – we actually talked about it last week. You think he's probably getting sent down just based on the contract situation. I think so. And, Blake, how do you view it? Yeah, to me, Devin Levi, yeah, 91. No, that makes no sense. Um, we don't know for sure what's going on. If they come out and say, okay, Devin Levi's the guy this year, okay, 91, like I'm on it, right? Because Buffalo's gonna, I, I think they're, you know, gonna push for a playoff spot this year. They're they're an up-and-coming team. They might be this year's New Jersey, right? Um, that's kind of the way I'm I'm seeing Buffalo. And Devin Levi has acumen, he's very good. Um, the other thing though, too, like I just don't think they're gonna come out and be like, Yeah, Levi's our guy, because UPL, Ukapekalukanen. He played pretty darn well last year too. So, and he's a young up and coming prospect. Like he's not just hot garbage. They need to put to the side. Like, yeah, Devin Levi's great, but I don't know. I, I definitely, he's not 92 ADP great at all. So I'm, I'm definitely out on Devin Levi on Yahoo. That's for sure. He's going much later in fan tracks, which I might take a ride there. 
And I, I find Kuchekov really interesting because, and Bruce, you had mentioned this in our, our preview episode for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. He's going at 120 right now, and he's going ahead of guys like Tristan Jari and Thatcher Demko and Stuart Skinner and like Darcy Kett. There's all these players. Kuchekov is behind two proven NHL starters. Like he, he's going to play next year because one of them or both of them are going to get hurt, yep. um, but he's not going to be a workhorse goaltender. Um, let's talk about, actually, you know what? I got one more question for you. And then we're kind of getting to a point here, Blake, where we should probably, um, we're, we're only going to have time for mailbag questions or the ADP battle. So, um, <laughs> let's get to biz. I don't, let's, I'll do yeah, it. All. An hour and a half. Okay. We'll fly through this. Um, Connor Bedard, is he going too early for you? 37.3 is going in like the third or fourth round. Is that a gamble you're worth? You're going to take this year. No, definitely not. That's too high. Um, I, you know, I think he's going to be great. Uh, you know, and I've projected him, I think for 78 points, which might even be high. I've seen people say like, Oh, 90 points. I just, I just don't see it. And rookies, I, they're obviously risky bisky in draft season. And I'm just, I'm, I'm out this year. I think he's going to be an amazing player though, but that's too high. All right. Agreed. Um, okay. Let's, let's try and rip through these mailbag questions here really quickly. Uh, this is from Sasha Lagarde. Is fading goalies, you'll like this one, is fading goalies, zero G, a viable strategy in a league that rewards volume for goalies, uh, points league with points for wins, saves, et cetera. So basically he's saying their categories matter for goaltenders. Can you do zero G in that situation? You're damn right you can, Sasha. Come on, you know this. I actually know Sasha. He's good. He's a he's an <laughs> awesome dude. Yeah, he he knows the answer to this. All right. Yes, of course you can. Um, but you know, zero G does require a little bit of engagement of, for the fantasy manager, right? That's something that I didn't like about it when I first started kind of moving over towards it. It's like, oh, you mean I got to watch the waiver wire? I got to like, you know, look at goaliepost.com and see who's you know starting and what's going on. But yeah, you do, right? But what ends up happening is you end up finding someone who's legit and just riding them throughout the season, like. Um, yes. And kind of like what I was saying, um, you can, I think you can punt rate stats a little bit, like in terms of zero G and just get volume starters. Right. But because you've faded goalies for so long, you should have an amazing stable of forwards that are providing you with all those other offensive categories that you can just dominate. Right. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, I definitely think so. Okay. Uh, next question here in a points only dynasty league, who would you take after Bedard, Fantilli, Leo Carlson, and Matt Mitchkoff? Uh, this is at the Marshall here is debating between Will Smith and Zach Benson. Um, any thoughts? Like, I mean, you know, Blake, are you in a dynasty at all? Like, it, I, yeah, I am not a dynasty guy. I no, I have no idea. <laughs> um, okay. I mean, I would right. say Will Smith based on what I've read, but I mean, I don't have any, you know, any, they're so any, close. I, a couple notes. And I just wanted to throw it out here. Cause the guy asked the question, right? So, um, like the comparable for Zach Benson is Braden Pointer, Sebastian Ajo. For Will Smith, it's JT Miller, Trevor Zegers, and Clayton Keller. Um, looking at EP, uh, elite prospects, they've got Benson ranked fifth, and they've got Will Smith ranked seventh. Uh, Dauber's got Zach Benson at ninth, and Will Smith at sixth. So, they, I mean, they're, they're so close together. Um, one thing I will say, I like Zach Benson in Buffalo. It's it just as a team situation, right? I think there's a lot more to like there. So... I don't know. Their prospects are insane over there. Oh man, that team's going to be good for a long time. And out of nowhere, they were in the basement for a long time. And now they're like, all of a sudden they're flush with prospects. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, okay. This is from uh, a Shredmontonian in a points lead that values goals, power play points, hits and shots. What order would you draft these Oilers? Tyler, I'm going to ask you this one. Uh, Zach Hyman, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Evander Kane and Evan Bouchard. Am I just supposed to say Bouchard? 
Is that what I'm supposed to go with? <laughs> well, give it. Give us the order. Who are you drafting first? Who are you drafting last? I I kind of like Hyman there. Um, he, you know, he's going to play on the power play. You know, he's going to play on the first line. Um, he hits. He does everything. So for good coverage, I probably I probably go with Hyman. And Bouchard second. Boucher, okay, of course, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'd probably go uh, Nuge, Hyman, Bouchard, Kane for me. But I think it's it's like it's it could be a toss up. I think you're right. You're going to get some of those other categories from Hyman that you won't get from Nuge, and he is going to have probably top line deployment. Um, so yeah, you can make a, a very good argument that Zach Hyman should go ahead and Nuge and Hopkins. Um, they're both. I mean, 83 points I think for Hyman last year had a really solid season. Durability too. Like he's he's gonna play either way, so yeah. Okay, Bruce, do you see that any differently? I would probably look at I'd say Hyman first, then Kane, then Bouchard, and then Nugent Hopkins is how I would look at it. Okay, interesting. All right. Uh is Brady Kachuk that worthy in banger leagues? Some projections or rankings have him as high as number two. Blake, I think you know the question or the answer to that question. Hell yes, Brady, the woodchuck kachuk. That's what I call him now, the woodchuck kachuk. That sounds nice. Um, yeah, this guy's ridiculous. I mean, no one does what Brady Kachuk does. And I think he, um, his offensive ceiling, and there's a little bit of headroom there. If he can just, you know, up his efficiency a little bit, right? But elite shots, elite hits, um, elite being a dingus, right? Penalty minutes, if that's a, you know, situation. Um, I just, uh, Ottawa is going to be much better this season. They're very, very similar to Florida last year. Tons of chances, tons of shots, uh, no efficiency, right? So I think that's going to bump back up. Yeah, Brady Kachuk. I mean, taking him at two, though, in a bangers league, like, I I still, I, I think that perifs are a little bit easier to get later on. So, yeah, as much as he is worth a number two overall pick, I think, in a bangers league, I probably wouldn't take him there. I'd rather have elite offensive um, coverage and then maybe get some of that a little bit later on. But that's just me. Yeah, two, two is pretty early. But, I mean, for sure you can make an argument there. All right, uh, this one, actually, I put a poll out on Instagram and on Twitter about uh, this question in particular. So this this player, this person has, uh, has to pick two keepers. One keeper is going to be Leon Dreisaitl. The other is either going to be Jason Robertson or Ilya Sorokin. Uh, 12-team, head-to-head league, 12 categories for forwards, seven categories for goalies. Um, I think it was like 67, or almost 70% of voters said Jason Robertson. Bruce? Do you, do you Absolutely. Approve? Jason Robertson all the way. Yeah, I, I that was my answer as well. I just said you can probably get comparable uh, return on a goaltender later in a draft, and yep. you're not going to find exactly. a hundred point player outside of the top three rounds, most likely. Nope. Right, uh, Blake, you're you're nodding in approval. Yeah, J Rob, no question. I mean, yeah, you you know, I said I like Sorokin, but I'm not keeping any goals this year. Okay, Tyler, you approve. I, I do. Uh, I actually voted on that poll for Sorokin, but we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> That's suspect. Uh, oh, my God. That is just fine. Okay, uh, we've got about uh, 12 minutes here. We're going to run through an ADP battle here with Blake. I, I was on um, his podcast a few weeks back. We did an ADP battle, so we thought we'd flip the script a little bit and have some fun with Blake there. Uh, before we get into that, though, if you haven't already, make sure you go to uh, youtube.com slash heavy hockey. Subscribe to the YouTube channel there. If you want to ask us questions on these live shows, that's the best place to do it. Interact with us. Um, we're happy to answer those questions live if they do pop up. 
And with that, let's get into our ADP battle. So basically, we're going to go through as quickly as we can. Try and get through these 10 rounds here, uh, Blake, if we can. Um, so you're picking from the number six position in a 12-team league. So the first round here, you've got Austin Matthews or Matthew Kachuk. So Matthews an ADP of 7.7 or Matthew Kachuk at 6.1. Who are you taking and why? Matthews, no question. Uh, yeah, I'm taking Matthews uh, because of the goals, right? I think goals are the hardest category to cover, and he's going to be the best goal scorer in the league. That's where I'm at, but obviously Kachuk is great, and you get either guy, you're loving it, but I, I think Matthews could go as high as four, even three maybe. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. This is a guy that was being taken third overall, I think, on average last year and just had a bit of a rough season with injuries and everything else. Uh, he's going to bounce back in a big way this year. So, yeah, for me, it's Austin Matthews, no question. Um, you could look at Matthew Kachuk and maybe he covers a couple categories a little better, but like you said, Matthews, um, blocks that that's news to me. I learned something new today. So there you go. You should stop it though. Stop it. Matthews. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. Um, Bruce, Tyler, any difference of opinion there? No, I'm with both of you guys on that one. Yeah, me too. Austin Matthews all the way. Okay. Uh, Blake, you're not going to like it. We're moving on to round two. Pick number 19. You have to choose a goaltender here. You don't have a choice. Um, Either Andre Vasilevsky at an ADP of 19.2 or Jake Ottinger at 20.8. Who are you taking? I'm taking Vassy. I'm taking Old Faithful uh, and, you know, for a lot of the reasons that you already said, right? This guy's going to be rested. I think Tampa's going to have a B in their bonnet this year. Their window's still open for, you know, deep cup runs here. So um, I think they're going to be motivated. They're pissed off. And, uh, yeah, I'm taking Vassy. Um, but, yeah, Ottinger is going to be great. I, I just need to see a little bit more, right? Vassy's been doing it for years. I'm going to take the opposite here. I'm going to I'm going to go with Jake Ottinger. I just think that the teams are heading in opposite directions, and Tampa is quite top heavy this year. I just think like mm-hmm. it's going to, it's one or two injuries for them, and and they're going to have a tough time. Uh, and in and it's a competitive division, right? It's gotten a lot better than it has been over the past few seasons. So um, for me, Jake Ottinger, the, Dallas is just going to be so good this year. Should be so good this year. Uh, I'm going to go with him. He's just proven he can make it happen. And I think if you look at their numbers, they're so comparable. Like over the past yeah. three seasons, like their save percentage, 916, 918 goals against is very similar. 2.42 for Ottinger, 2.48 for Vassy. High danger save percentage is identical. Um, I, I'm going Ottinger. Hey, you're just beating the hell out of me again, just like you did on my show, Devin. Oh, oh no, God. not even, I, not even I, at all. <laughs> That's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. Uh, Bruce, what do you think? Who are you taking there? I'm actually going to be, I uh, agree with you. I'm going to go with Ottinger. Uh, it's, I am. Uh, I love Vasilevsky, but yeah, I think there's, I think the, could be the uh, rubber on the tires a little thin with Vasilevsky, even, even with the rest and Ottinger's young and then Dallas is an up and coming team. And yeah, the numbers are very close. I I'm going to, I'd go with Ottinger. Okay. Uh, just in the issue of time, we're going to move on here to round number three. So Elias Patterson at 29.1 as an ADP or Tim Stutzla at 30.6. Uh, Blake, who are you taking? Oh, damn. Yeah, this is actually hard because, you know, I want to go PD like immediately. But uh, Timmy Stutz <laughs> at 30.6, that, that's starting to be value to me. Um, Tim Stutzla on Fantrax is going at 18. That's too high. But Stutzla at 30, 31, ah, that's getting a little better. But no, I got to go PD. Come on. it's This makes total sense. I mean, this guy put up a massive season last year. I've regressed him a little bit. I, I think I projected him for 92 points this year. I think he's going to lose all of his shorthanded uh, points because Talkin has said he doesn't want to play him and Miller on the 
PK anymore. So, okay. I mean, he led the league with nine, nine points on the PK. So I think that goes away, but everything else was pretty sustainable. He did, he was running hot with his IPP, but I just like the player. Everything runs through him. It's a contract year. He's good to go. I love Timmy Stutes though, too. I think it's, it's kind of close. It's a really tough one. And if you're in a bangers league, like Stutzla actually does offer better coverage for hits, Pims. Um, double the hits over the past uh, couple seasons here and triple the penalty minutes as well. So, um, and, and I really like his line mates, like Brady yeah. Kachuk, Tarasenko, Shabbat, Chikrin, and you've got Claude Giroux in the power play. So, like, lots to love about Timmy Stutzla. Yeah, really good line. Okay. Uh, Tyler, what do you think? I have to say Patterson. Um yeah, I try and take him every year. I try and take him every year. Uh, he had he had a great season last year. I think he's actually going to improve on that. I don't think he's going to regress. Um, Love it. Contract year, healthy for the whole season. So I'm going to go with Patterson. All right, so let's move on to round four here. Uh, Eric Carlson at 39.7, Erasmus Dahlin at 40.5. Blake, who are you going with? Give me Dahlin all day. Oh, man. Um, you know, great season for Eric Carlson last year. No question. 100 points. But they basically didn't require him to do anything but play offense. Like, just go out, hang out at the red line. Like, we'll, we'll take care of business here. Uh, or not, right? But, yeah, he got 100 <laughs> points. So, that's great. But Dahlin is, is an up-and-comer. He's got better perifs, hits and blocks, and shots. Like, um, yeah, I'm just a big fan of Dahlin and his skill level and his team situation. Like, um, obviously, Pittsburgh's great, too. But I think Carlson's time on ice is going to drop now that he's going to Pittsburgh because he's not needed to be out there 25, 26 minutes. I think that goes down to like 22, 23. Whereas Darlene, no, he's going to be getting 25, 26 with the big boys. So I'm taking Darlene all day. I, I like that. I'm just going to take the opposite uh, opinion here. And I'm going to go with Eric Carlson because I he's never had the elite level uh, personnel he's going to have access to here in Pittsburgh. So, I mean, just looking at Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, um, I, I agree. Like his ice time is probably not going to be 26 minutes, but um We've actually got them projected very closely, Bruce. So 17 goals and 77 points for Carlson, 16 and 76 for Darlene. I agree. Better category coverage from Darlene. So in a banger format and dynasty keeper leagues, it's probably an easy pick to go with Darlene there for sure. Um, Definitely. Okay. And just in the interest of time, guys, I'm going to continue moving on here. Uh, round five, Barkoff or Eichel, uh, 58.1 for Barkoff and 59.4 for Eichel. How the hell is Barkov available at 58? This makes no sense. This is a second rounder. So, you know, right, you know, book it here. Barkov and Roman Yossi, two of the best values you can get in Yahoo ADP. There's no question to me. Barkov, this makes no sense. I, I have him for like 104 point season in at ADP 58. What, what is this? This does, it's this, insane. This, this doesn't track. So, yeah, I'm big on him. Obviously, there's injury risk there with Barkov, but I don't draft that way. Jack Eichel, I still think he hasn't really popped he hasn't really shown what he's capable of i mean besides winning a stanley cup thank you for your service but you know in terms of a full season we haven't really seen like peak jack eichel so i mean you know if we see that this year great but i mean barkov is an easy smash pick for me right here yeah me too i like his linemates better he's got basically exposure to two 40 goal scorers he's one season removed from playing at 108 point pace through 67 games like i've always liked barkov um both him and eichel do have a bit of injury history but i mean like you said you don't always draft for that so um bruce what do you think which one of those guys taking oh i'm going with barkov i've it's Eichel. it's vegas no yeah sorry <laughs> it's you don't like stanley cup winners bruce well they have terrible like, power play it's not it's you not live so in edmonton. Much. you're an edmonton fan i mean come on it's not so much Eichel. it's vegas i just when they came into the league at the first year it was great and then after that it's like nope i just i didn't like didn't like the way they treat treated some of their players on the way out and now it's just 
do not draft Vegas, period. That's I got you. out. Okay, uh, round six here. Victor Hedman or Amir Heiskanen going at 68.5 and 69.8, respectively. Ooh, oh, that's easy. I- yeah, actually, I gotta take uh, I gotta take Heisky here. Um, uh, Hedman to me is the better defenseman in real life, but his situation is not as solid right now. Um, so I think I'd like Heiskin in here. He's he's clearly the number one power play on that amazing power play in Dallas. I do like Hedman for a bounce back though this season, and I expect him to take back a little bit more of that power play share in Tampa. But I think Heisky's the answer here. I like uh, the ADP too. Yeah. yeah. Oh yes, very nice. <laughs> yeah, it's nice, Bruce. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. High skin for me as well. Uh, okay, round seven, Bouchard or Montour? 76 for Bouch and 80 ADP for Brandon Montour. Do you want me to answer this one first? Or? Yep, you go for it, Tyler. You take it, buddy. Bouchard. Okay, yeah. 100%. Definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm no brainer. Get him in your life. Montour, you're going to the bench, buddy. You're going straight to the IR. But Montour is a good stash this year. But Bouchard, no. That man's going to fly this year. Yeah. Uh, okay, round eight, Jeremy Can or Adrian Kempe? can't pay you got to do it um he's going to be triple eligible i think he might be one of these guys in yahoo so jared mccann redlined with his efficiency much like seattle did the whole season like yeah. you know and plus his ice time garbage so campe has got better ice time he's similar type player you know goal scorer um and i i like i like campe here and he and plus he bangs mccann does not do that so get campe in your life easy yep. pick. all those reasons and just to fair warning McCann scored 30 goals and 139 shots at five on five last year. That's a shooting percentage of almost 22%. Uh, in three seasons prior, his shooting percentage five and five was just 10.9%. So, you know, that's going to regress to some degree. Um, keep that in mind. His Round, issue is iffy. His issue is iffy. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Iffy ish. Uh, okay. Round nine Demko or Stuart Skinner? Blake, who are you going with? Okay. I love this. It's got to be Demko. Has to be. All right. Um, If Skinner was getting the same deployment as Demko, like the same amount of starts, then you take Skinner, I think, right? Because Edmonton's a much better team, but um, he's not. Demko might lead the league in starts this year. He's a true workhorse. He's one of the last true workhorses here. Plus he was injured last season. He was not right the whole season. The team was terrible. Um, I wasn't a big fan of Bruce Boudreau as a coach and I am a big fan of Rick Tockett. So I think that's going to equal just a better defensive environment. And I think Demko's going to bounce back big time and Skinner's potentially in a timeshare. So I think it's an easy decision. Yep. That's nail on the head for me too. And I think Demko showed towards the end of the year last year from February 27th on, um, why you would want him in your lineup. So for sure, like him. Uh, last one here, guys, Justin Falk or Luke Hughes. You got to take Falk here. It, it, I mean, I Luke Hughes is the sexy pick. Falk to me is the right pick. I don't know where you guys at. Yep. Agreed. thousand percent. Bruce. Yeah, definitely. With Tory Krug being out with whatever his foot fell off or whatever happened there. I'm not <laughs> sure, but, but yeah, Falk for sure. I think Luke Hughes in, in future is going to be, a great option, but just for this year, I'm going Justin Falk. He plays big minutes, covers categories really well. So, um, okay, guys, we got one minute left. I just want to cover a few things. So we're going to get cut off basically like we did last week. Um, Blake, <laughs> thank you so much for spending an hour and a half with us. We really appreciate it, my man. We're looking forward to having you on, uh, you know, as part of a regular rotation for the rest of the season. So, for anyone that's, uh, if you want to continue hearing more from the hacks, make sure you check us out. Our, our regular podcast will air on Sunday nights. Um, so, that's going to happen all season long. Uh, this will also be available as a recording after in our podcast feed. You can also watch it, rewatch it on the Heavy Hockey YouTube channel. So youtube.com slash heavy hockey. Um, check out the website, heavyhockey.com. Blake, uh, where can our, our listeners find you as well? 
Find me on X at Blake Creamer AG, and my projections are there for free, pinned to my profile. So definitely get over there and check those out. But yeah, check out the Apples and Gitos Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We're on all platforms. Thank you for having me, boys. Thanks so much. Okay, guys, we will see you next week. We had about four seconds, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, have a good week, guys. Take care. Good night. Thanks. Later.